Hello, Convention of State podcast listeners. Normally, we reserve this channel for audio versions of our live broadcast, COS Live and the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. But as a bonus, we like to occasionally release some historic legacy audio for your enjoyment. In 2016, Texas Governor Greg Abbott unveiled the Texas Plan, which put forward an agenda for the Convention of States. As an official endorser, Governor Abbott's amendment proposals would likely be germane at a Convention of States. Learn more at conventionofstates.com. These increasingly frequent departures from constitutional principles are destroying the rule of law foundation on which this country was built. We are succumbing to the caprice of men that our founders fought to escape. The cure to these problems will not come from Washington, D.C. They must come from the states. To begin that process, I am adding another item to the agenda for the next legislative session. I want legislation authorizing Texas to join other states in calling for a convention of states to fix the cracks in our broken constitution. This isn't something I thought up today. <laughs> we have combed through the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers. We've been through court decisions ranging from Chief Justice John Roberts all the way back to Chief Justice John Jay. We've looked at every scrap of relevant material all the way up to the President's executive order issued earlier this week. And we distilled that information down into nine essential amendments to the Constitution that will restore the rule of law in the United States of America. It is found in this document that we call the Texas Plan. This is more than 90 pages long, and TPPF will be proud to know that it has more than 350 footnotes. We urge TPPF to comb over every single detail in this document, which my office can give to you, or you can access online as soon as I finish this speech. But to quickly tell you what it concerns, the Texas plan includes amendments that do what so desperately needs to be done, and that is to put teeth into the 10th Amendment.
That is the best way to restore the states and the people as guardians of our Constitution. Most of you can quote the Tenth Amendment. It says that power not delegated to the United States by the Constitution is reserved to the states or to the people. Madison warned ambitious encroachments by the federal government on the authority of the states would do more than just ignite opposition of the states. He warned they would be signals of general alarm. My friends, the alarm bells are going off. The federal government has repeatedly and egregiously asserted power that is not delegated to it under the Constitution, directly violating the Tenth Amendment. Candidly, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times from people like Robin Lennon over here. Why don't you just enforce the Tenth Amendment? That is the problem. Where is it that you enforce the Tenth Amendment? Congress and the President openly scoff at the Tenth Amendment, and they have reason to do so, because the Supreme Court has repeatedly hamstrung states' ability to enforce the Tenth Amendment. <laughs> Texas has experienced this firsthand. Texas invoked the Tenth Amendment to challenge the federal government because the federal government was forcing us to pay for education, health care, and other costs associated with illegal immigrants that the federal government had allowed into the state of Texas. But the court held that our Tenth Amendment claim was not, quote, cognizable and toss the case out of court. Because courts have repeatedly limited states' rights to enforce the Tenth Amendment, the Texas plan spells out that the Tenth Amendment specifically gives states authority to sue the federal government when it assumes powers not delegated by the Constitution. This gives states the check against federal overreach that was intended by the founders. Next, to restore the principles of federalism as it was intended by the founders, the Texas plan adopts what about 10 states have already voiced support for. It's called the Repeal Amendment. It would allow a two-thirds majority of states to override any federal law or regulation. That would wake up Washington, D.C. <laughs> Mending the Tenth Amendment, however, doesn't solve all of our problems. The truth is that each branch of government has strayed from its intended role. Pop quiz time. Under the Constitution, which branch of government 
makes the laws. Yeah, you would think so. That you're right. That's what the Constitution says. The Constitution says that it is Congress that makes the laws. And there was a reason why the founders put that into the Constitution. They wanted the representatives that the people elect who were closest to the, the feelings and attitudes of those people to be the ones who make the laws that the people have to live under. And yet, more than 90% of the laws, rules, and regulations that we live under that govern your lives are never voted on by the United States Congress. Instead, most of those laws, rules, and regulations are made by unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats who work in federal agencies. It could be the IRS, the HHS, the NLRB, the EEOC, and the alphabet soup goes on and on and on. But you all know my favorite, the EPA. <laughs> Without approval of Congress, unelected bureaucrats of the EPA issued a 1,600-page clean power plan. The Clean Power Plan forces businesses to be closed, jobs to be lost, and it will cost consumers and businesses billions of dollars each and every year. But it goes from bad to worse. When Congress learned about the havoc that the Clean Power Plan would wreck on the economy and on their constituents, both the House and the Senate voted to reject it. Then, with a stroke of a pen, President Obama abdicated the promise of our founders. He vetoed Congress's vote and reinstated the EPA agency rule, elevating the rule of unelected bureaucrats above the rule of law passed by your elected representatives. The Texas plan fixes this government run amok. <laughs> Under the Texas plan, administrative actions like the EPA's would have no binding legal force unless and until they are voted on and passed by the United States Congress members that you elect. The Texas plan returns lawmaking to the process that is enshrined in the United States Constitution. Speaking of Congress, with the exception of Linda McCall, whose husband does a fabulous job protecting our country. And by the way, breaking news, in case you haven't heard, El Chapo has been captured. But other than Chairman McCall, some of you might prefer to just jettison the entire branch of Congress and start all over again. Short of that, the Texas plan has two amendments that reign in Congress. The Commerce Clause 
is the single biggest cause of congressional overreach. <laughs> it is short and simple. In plain English, it provides three things for Congress to do, to, to regulate trade with tribes, to regulate international commerce, and to regulate commerce among the states, meaning interstate commerce. But today, Congress grossly exceeds the Commerce Clause by regulating things and activities that are solely intrastate. The Texas Public Policy Foundation filed a lawsuit to enforce the genuine meaning of the Commerce Clause when it represented a Williamson County man affected by the Commerce Clause. He couldn't use his own private property the way that he wanted to because his property had a cave spider on it. Despite the fact that the spider exists only in Central Texas and will never cross state lines, because the spider is on the endangered species list, it is a crime to disturb that little spider. Congress used the Commerce Clause to create the Endangered Species Act. It's one of Congress's many abuses of the Commerce Clause. The only thing that should be endangered are the representatives who voted for that Endangered Species Act. to restore the true intent of the United States Constitution. The Texas plan amends the Commerce Clause to prohibit Congress from regulating anything or activity that occurs wholly within one state. <laughs> to rip off of Las Vegas, if it happens in Texas, it stays in Texas. And the federal government cannot touch it. Even more harmful to our future liberty is the unyielding appetite by Congress to spend your money. America is now more than $18 trillion in debt with no end in sight. Congress is unable to control itself. So the people must impose control. <clears throat> the Texas plan joins 27 other states in calling for a balanced budget amendment to the United States Constitution. Pop quiz number two. <laughs> Everyone got 100 on the last one. Let's test you this time. How many votes does it take to amend the Constitution? Two thirds to amend the Constitution. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. It takes only five votes 
of people who wear black robes to amend the Constitution. You know, Alexander Hamilton was a great visionary, but he completely missed it when he said, quote, the courts would be the weakest and least dangerous branch. To the contrary, we've seen in just the past few decades how they have become the most dangerous because they can change any law and are accountable to no one. It was Madison and Jefferson who predicted that unelected justices could alter the Constitution's meaning. They are the ones who turned out to be correct. Judges have moved beyond calling the balls and strikes and have turned to actively making law, rewriting statutes, and even amending the Constitution themselves. The Texas plan addresses these problems with two amendments. First, to go back to the math, it takes three-fourths of the states to amend the Constitution. So why can a bare majority of Supreme Court justices accomplish the very same thing? It cheapens the rule of law. It circumvents the Constitution's amendment process. It allows five justices to overturn constitutional precedents and to invalidate legislation. The Texas plan fixes that by setting the same three-fourths requirement for Supreme Court decisions that Article 5 already imposes for constitutional amendments. This is not uncharted territory. Two states already do it for the Supreme Courts of Nebraska and North Dakota, and their legal systems have continued to work just fine. Additionally, the Texas plan would make Supreme Court decisions accountable to the people of the United States of America. Five unelected, unaccountable people should not be allowed to rewrite the laws of this land without the people having a check and balance on it. The Texas plan allows a two-thirds majority of the states to override a Supreme Court decision. It's clear that the federal government has sailed far from its constitutional moorings. The question is, what are we going to do about it? The founders clearly understood there would be a need to amend the Constitution. They not only anticipated the need, importantly, they made clear that it was the states and their citizens who should play a pivotal role in amending the Constitution. So they put it into Article 5 of the Constitution. Article 5 sets out the process for amending it. Two-thirds of the state legislatures can call for a constitutional convention to propose amendments. And no amendment would ever become effective until ratified by three-fourths of the states. For those of you math wizards who've already done the calculation, that means that it takes 34 states to call for a convention. 
in 38 states to pass an amendment. Until just recently, we were just a few states short of calling for a convention for a balanced budget amendment. When the Texas plan passes, Texas will join other states like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Alaska, and some others calling for a broader convention. Well, let me close with this. After the Constitutional Convention concluded in 1787, Ben Franklin was asked by a bystander, well, doctor, what have we got? A republic or a monarchy? Franklin replied, a republic, if you can keep it. Every generation of Americans has faced Franklin's challenge. Do we have the will to keep our republic? Two centuries after Franklin spoke those words, Ronald Reagan added more to Franklin's point. He said, and you know this, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. These principles apply with equal force today. The irony for our generation is that the threat to our republic doesn't come just from foreign enemies, it comes in part from our very own leaders. Leaders who have strayed from the document that was crafted in part by Franklin. Leaders such as a president who changes laws with a pen. Congress that has no need to root their laws in constitutional principles. A judiciary that rewrites laws and freely amends the Constitution. Imagine if when that bystander approached Franklin and told Franklin that the Constitution authorized Congress to regulate a spider on his own private property and then ask him what kind of government do we have, a republic or a monarchy, he would say we've got disaster. Imagine if Alexander Hamilton was told that the Constitution that he wrote allows five Supreme Court justices to amend it at will. He would say it would be far better to not have a Constitution at all rather than to misrepresent to the people what the Constitution stands for. The good news is that Franklin knew if the three branches of government strayed, there was a fourth group to rein them in. And they identified that fourth group in the first three words of the United States Constitution that says, we the people. In that same Constitution, 
Franklin, Hamilton, Madison, all of them, gave us the tool to chart our own destiny. That tool is Article 5 of the United States Constitution. The framers included a constitutional convention because they knew citizens are the ultimate defense against an overreaching federal government. Let us heed the advice of our founders. If we are going to keep the republic that Franklin said we got, if we are going to fight for, protect, and hand on to the next generation the freedom that Reagan spoke of, then we, the people, have to take the lead to restore the rule of law in the United States of America. Let's do it here in Texas. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless Texas. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.